This is Agronomy Moment. I'm Wendell Cohen. We're going to do a podcast here today, uh, just kind of a year in review for 23. Um, it seems like it does good to document sometimes what happens in the year, so we don't just have a forget. We don't forget, you know, what's going on, and um, we can kind of use it in the future if there's ever anything to learn from it. And joining me today is Selena. Thanks for being here, and we are going to dive right into corn and just talk about it a bit. We don't really have corn examples, but we'll just talk and then. Um, and we'll jump into uh, soybeans. Okay, Selena, talking a little bit about corn. Um, what are some things that we could possibly look at far as, you know, I'm interested in knowing uh, maybe some of the road ditches we experienced this year, more extreme weather, and then what are some things we might be aware of as we're analyzing our data this fall and winter? Yeah, so right from the get-go and throughout the whole year, it's a pretty safe bet to say that we had some dry persistent conditions all year long in most cases um, and for those that got some of those spotty showers might be pleasantly surprised but to that point i think you know going back to to the start of planting and the conditions we had there uh, were dry and cool conditions and we faced some some adverse things there that we're usually not used to facing yes. we're, we're usually you know more towards that maybe cool wetter time frame or, or soil conditions rather. And so I think, you know, as you know, talking to some, some farmers going through their fields, they've been pleasantly surprised in the face of the drought this year. Right. And I attribute that a lot to how our root zone was probably right from the get go, once it did have roots established, trying to root down and get to the moisture that was there. So from the from the very start of that plant, uh, root system is actually trying to get down the moisture and as we progress through the season with those dry persistent conditions that it was able to find what little moisture was there to where maybe it would have started out uh, with more fair or average conditions where we're used to with those wet conditions and then turned off maybe hot and dry uh, we maybe not might not have had a, as good of a root zone established to get down to that yes. moisture and also another point I think that we, we probably don't want to forget about either is back to those conditions, what did we see a ton of? We saw a ton of inconsistent um, plant height stands, whatever you, you know, kind of want to say, just we, we saw it all. Yes. You know, you'd have one plant and, and its neighbor would be two growth stages, three growth stages behind due to that inconsistent moisture, um, seed to soil contact, whatever the case may be there. And uh, just something that is just a little, a little bit off where we're not used, used to seeing that to the severity that we saw it this year. I think when I mean, you get clear out in the extreme western states and stuff, they deal with this more repeatedly and are more used to it. We're used to trying to be agile as it relates to so many rains coming in and to have all that drying, drying, drying mm -hmm. out and being cool. You're right. Yeah. Uh, we weren't there. And so um, think about a little bit as we got into summer and, you know, some of the things we did see, you know, like field to field even sometimes inconsistent. I've talked to some customers even noticed it as they would progress across the field. Yeah. It was surprising right. what, what was happening. Right. 
in a good way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there or you would see, um, you would see a report and think it's gonna be really mm-hmm. bad, and you're like, man, this is my pretty good dirt. And yeah. then for some reason, you know, like clay spots and stuff, they just started using real yield bushels, and I think it was able to extract water this right. year. Whereas typically some of those spots, the fertility's there, it's just you can't yeah. get the water up. Yeah, and we think about, and in a lot of cases, we did have some heavy dews, and that, that was right. that was our friend in this year in a lot of cases. And yes. You know, we think about typically the, the presence of disease and how much yes. those heavy dews can, can harm us in that way or harm the plant in that way from yep. a plant health perspective, but those heavy dews and, and having that the corn's unique ability to funnel that down to the roots yes. or the whirl in whatever case, um, I think that helped us largely too whenever we were so... Um, we were relying on moisture and didn't have it. That is a very good point because uh, I did a little study with Farm Server on um, our temperatures compared to last year. Last year we had two inches more rain fell in this area right here around Ridge Hill, but our nights we had like 20, was it, I forget if it was 11 or 12 days over nine or above 70, I mm-hmm. should say, and how many, 21 days over 90 degrees in the yeah. month of July. And this year we had 11 days or less that was above 90 yeah and we had many days many nights i should say with low temps below 70. it was only in that last week in july really Mm -hmm. that we got the warm temps yeah up until then you're right we had very cool nights and i think that's a big thing to pay attention to as you're trying to figure out what your harvest is going to be like right you know hot nights are hard on corn and Mm -hmm. yield yeah so i feel like yeah plants for the most part like you said did really well Mm -hmm taking what little they were given mm-hmm. and making the most of it Absolutely. because of the cool nights and the and the good start yep. as far as deep rooted right i'd say it was always a good start but it's right deep rooted yeah i mean and two to think about it as well right before v5 in a lot of a lot of areas we had that uh late later frost yeah and so you know the corn plant was coming out of that as well early yes so, you know as we're running through the combine through the field or thinking about our afterthoughts yep. from harvest you know just all these little pieces really good to keep in mind as we think about what the plants had to go through through this you know yep. tr- you know tr- more troublesome year with no moisture i think uh probably my final thing on corn that i would probably think about is when we're at water levels that are critical like you're talking about and we're talking about rains that come in or showers, we should say, that are measured in tenths, in some cases hundreds. Yeah. Those are critical levels where across the road, three tenths mm-hmm. of rain meant life to that mm-hmm. corn and that hybrid at its particular stage where across the road nine hundredths wasn't enough. Right. And, and then you also have maturity differences that captured and took advantage or didn't take advantage of that rain. And so we have a lot of complex moving parts with this year. Like just to your point, we're not used to. Yep. We don't see this in our neck of the woods yep. like this, this severe. So if unless you have something more on corn, let's jump into soybeans. Yeah, let's do it. All right, we're going to, in just a moment, show you some um, beans plants we pulled out of the field and we're gonna capture what we had. But just know this is we started with a end of April, then we went to end of May planting and then we have end of June planting. So kind of your early bean scenario, your typical time that a lot of guys plant here in our area, and then we have double crops, kind mm-hmm. of a double crop time frame. And then on our very early, we're gonna show you a high pop versus low population and give you some thoughts and some things we're observing yep. here. So let's jump right in. So first we're gonna look at, um, we're gonna look at the early planted high pop and 
right next to it, this plant here, the more green one, is also early planted, but at a lower population scenario. So stay, sticking with the theme of moisture limiting conditions this year, I think that tells a really good story between these two plants is that, you know, this one probably should have been harvested however long ago, and this one, you know, still hanging on to that green, less competition for what little water that was there, uh, nutrients as well, and being able to, to branch out, put more nodes on at every node um, to where we have mostly in this case, just the main stem um, with with nodes on it there. And, and we'll notice also, just take a little point here, as you notice the bean size and mm -hmm. seed size and how some of these pods just simply gave up. And, and one thing to keep in mind is whenever mm -hmm. we're doing, whenever we're going out here and, and, and trying these different things is we are kind of testing the extremes. This yes. is a um, 200 plus 200 plus and this is seven or just under 80,000 yes. planted population I think so just one thing to keep in mind there but nonetheless still telling kind of a, a story that um, with those lower populations benefiting us especially at an early planting and then also it, it probably is pretty hard to see in the video but I think about right now especially as combines are rolling the the harvestability of the greener plant, whenever it does dry down stock-wise um, stock compared to the to the higher population plant, we do have a little bit thicker stem diameter here, and we're going to have better standability due to that. Yeah. So that's just one thing I like to think about. Combines are rolling, and I, we might have to slow down a little bit to harvest uh, for, our, for our combine to harvest this thicker stock, but nonetheless, going to have good, uh, healthier standing beans in that situation. Then right here, we've got um, the next planting, which was the end of June. End of May. End of May, sorry. Yes. And then the next one will be end of June. Yeah. So again, really seeing here, um, looking, looking really, really good um, in comparison to that earlier planted bean, uh, still hanging on to green and filling out pods very well. We were, Wendell and I were kind of discussing that this, this potentially, you know, maybe the the better time frame for this year as rains were a little bit more favorable yep. around this time That's uh, right. for this year, that is. For that final feel in some areas here. Mm -hmm. yep. And then lastly is, um, like, like Wendell said, targeting that double crop time frame. So the end of June is when this one was planted and we can see that, uh, and, and again, all of these are at a, a lower population scenario. That's so, correct. Um, in, in this situation, this plant looks looks very good, especially for a low pop. Most generally speaking, in double crop time frame, we're probably gonna be bumping our populations more so than maybe where this plant was planted at. Nonetheless, I think it still tells a really good story of, um, and that lower, you know, lower population on a year like this, hanging on to, to quite a bit of that green and doing well, uh, filling out pods, even up the main stem to the top nodes there. Yep. So, and, and I would make a comment here that because of its extremely low pops, mm -hmm. we typically don't get this type of years, it seems like, and more population typically in double crop is better, right? Yep. But in this case where we pulled it from a low pop side for comparison's sake, yep. you're seeing a double crop that probably looks better than the average. Right. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people would be tickled if they had that. Unfortunately, this year we haven't had the rain. So. Right. so I thought it'd be worth 
um, popping this picture of all the pods together for comparison's sake um, because after we shot the video we pulled the pods off the plants lined them up in columns and counted them and to see and to visualize the different production and I guess the thing that surprised me is the how many pods there were on the end of April um, time frame um, there was a lot more pods um, than I was expecting. Uh, I think the takeaways there in the two April ones is high pops versus low is to see that as we put those too many pops we just ultimately stress the plants. You know our seed size got really small, the pods got less, the seeds per pod re were failed reduced, the plant um, also stressed enough where it looked like the drought took it terminated it early earlier than the lower pops and so that was some takeaways there on that the other part is to compare the April 30 to the May 28 I was surprised that we had more pods and more seeds per pod than the May 28 given that the little later planted is taking advantage of some of these more recent rains however seed size should be larger in the May 28 so um, we're hoping if things work out that we can put a plot combine in this plot and measure some strips here to see what um, what the actual production is at the end of the day the May 28 is going to have to produce um, fair amount more seed size to outweigh more pods and more seeds per pod however I did also notice that the May 28 had a lot of two bean pods. Uh, probably the way it hit the drought versus the early was able to set some pods with three bean pods early, but then didn't get as much finish rain to fill them out as large. At least that's what it appears today. So it's just going to be very interesting to see how this comes here to a head. Um, ultimate, or originally, I was putting it on the May 28 as the lead in production. Uh, now I'm not so sure. Might still win. I don't know. We'll see what happens if we can get this harvested in a fair and square way. Um, and then on the June 26th, obviously, we see we see a significant reduction as we start getting late um, in the year. So thought I'd throw this in here real quick. Um, anyway, anything else, Selena, you'd want to add? I just think that Again, coming off of a, a year where just just not a typical year, not making super drastic changes on your operation due to one year of uh, Mother Nature being unfriendly to us. So just things to keep in mind, um, some tidbits going forward. But, you know, like I said, um, those drastic changes based on maybe what we saw this year, not planning on the same exact thing for next year. Okay, sounds good. It's been great as always, Selena. Thanks for being with us in yeah. 2023, and we look forward to more years ahead. Absolutely. See you next year. See ya. If you want alerts on what we are finding in the field, go to topagservices.com forward slash signups to receive alert, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is our goal to bring you the most recent and advanced information possible. If you have any questions or feedback, feel free to reach out to us anytime. We also ask you that you give us a like and follow our channel wherever you listen to your podcasts or watch these videos. This ultimately helps us reach more people like you.
Hey, this has been Wendell Cohen, your show host. Thank you to all who made this show possible. This show is over. See ya.